Podeskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. Podeskew Podcast, I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my head roller, mate, Rico. What's up, man? You rang again? <laughs> right? Yeah, we're, we're back. We're back again with, with, uh, with not only a franchise, but, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a second, I guess. So, yeah, so we're, we're, we're dipping back into the atoms, um, mm. but we're, we're doing it in a, in a fun way, I think. Uh, they put out those uh, new animated films recently, so yeah, uh, we're gonna check those out. And uh, we, you know, we we couldn't do the first Adams thing and then do a second one without bringing her back. We had to have her back, right? Yep, I mean, the lost Adams herself, <laughs> right? So let's uh, let's welcome Jessen. Jess, you're back. You're back. I am back so soon and so many weeks, believe it or not, to talk about the same fucking thing, essentially. Essentially. I am here. <laughs> I am the resident expert on all nonsense. Um, <laughs> I am Jessica Manner of the History Podcast Body Count, but I like to join these two who are just lackluster today. In their entire, what they're bringing as far as energy, wow, performance, second fucking rate, which is something new for me at Potaskew, because usually y'all are bringing it, and I feel like I've got all the energy, and I'm here to talk about the more Adams family You know, guy. She, she just called us out on her own show. That's some fucked yeah. up shit right there. And on top of that, after I got her new listener in Nevada, and then she goes and gets me calls me out on my own show. I get my brother. My brother won't listen to my show, but I got him to listen to Body Count, and she's still giving me shit. So. <laughs> well, I think that's called your brother has better taste than maybe you do, and that is something he and I both know. Wow. And I mean, that, and I'm just basing that off the movies alone, bro. I'm not even talking about history. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're fine. Good, good night, everybody. <laughs> Um, no, we, we're back because when we, when we did the Adams Family films, you know, four episodes back, and then we were like, or I guess it's five, and then we were like, wait a minute, there's these animated ones, so we decided to look at those and bring Jess back, and now we're gonna talk about these two animated Adams films. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I gotta tell, should I, should I start with my opinion? Because I gotta tell you, I, I really, really dug one of these a lot. Like, please, please say it was the first one. It was absolutely the first one. Then, yeah. Then yeah. yes, you can continue. Okay. Yeah, the, that's the, the last. The, the, the first one, the first one for me is on par with the first live action one. That's how good that was. I really enjoyed that first one a lot. Um, the second one is almost as bad as values. So it, you know. 
I have nothing bad to say about the first one, as you guys can come to expect. I mean, you've, you've heard my thoughts about the Addams Family in, in the first live action. I have nothing bad to say about the uh, the first. Um, uh, the second, it's fine. No, it's not. It's like a judgy fucking fine, right? No, like, it's, I don't it's, mean it's it not fine. fine. That's what you say to the Karens at the PTO that suggest it to you. <laughs> It's fun. This is definitely the Karen Adams of those family movies. Oh, wow. I am not okay with it, but that has to be like my, you know, outside of this crew and, and podcast circles, that has to be my normal. It's fine. Like what? with gritted teeth. It's yeah. not fine. We're about to get canceled, Rico. Thank you. Um, Why? Because you called it the Karen of Adams movies. <laughs> like that's great. Thank you. Oh, I, do you think I, I, a bunch of Karens listen to Podeskew? Well, I don't think so. Fair. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna be safe. <laughs> um, and and if honestly, if a bunch of Karens complain to Podeskew that we said the term Karen, they're kind of proving, they're kind of proving our fucking point here. Fair exactly. enough. They want to cancel Karen. Karen. Uh, as a fellow Karen. Well, bitch, stop calling yourself a Karen because then you won't be a fucking Karen. At least change exactly. your name to fucking Joyce or something. Right? Barbara. Be a Barbie, bitch. Don't be um, a Karen. Barbie, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> be a Barbie, comma, girl. <laughs> um, yes, the comma is important there. Uh, it, mm-hmm. as long as that's not an Oxford Why comma, but anyway, um, <laughs> I no, I I really dug this one. I the 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 only um, I don't want to say anything. I guess only is the wrong word, but I, I I would say the one the one thing that I had to complain about early in the film was like they're getting chased out of the homeland, which to me isn't exactly very clear where that is, and it doesn't really matter, but. They're being chased out of the homeland, and they're like, let's find the most despicable, deplorable, un-in-place, whatever, and it says, welcome to New Jersey. I'm like, fucking really? Like, Can, can I? But, I mean, I love that. fucking accurate. I, I love that, because that's where Charles Adams is from. No, it's no, like no, Plain, I, yeah. Plainfield or whatever. Okay, well, that I didn't know, and that's fine. If that is where he's from, from that's a nice uh, throw to him, but it was like, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the Jersey sucks joke that you're tired of, but yeah, it gets old. Also, uh, just to put a different spin on it, always took it as the uh, like the Bermuda Triangle. There's a supposed triangle of weirdness up there in the Northeast, and part of that triangle includes uh, uh, certain parts of New Jersey. So I always assumed that's a little bit where that came into, right? Like. The highway where the phantom lights follow you. It's just like part of the Adam's weirdness there. It made sense to me. And that, like, I'm not even trying to be ugly about New Jersey. And God knows I love to fucking do that. But I'm not doing it here. I'm being serious. It kind of lends itself to, to, because today I've been talking a lot about American folklore. In, in various uh, history skews, it kind of fits that. So that was always interesting to me as well. Well, I mean... It, At any point of the, the story and the origin. And it turns out he's from um, 
not only from North Jersey, but he's from where I'm going to be spending my Thanksgiving, which I find kind of interesting. But that's a different mm. discussion altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I remember reading yeah. that he, he based the more or less what he thought the Adams Manor would have sent, because like based on like houses that he saw in New Jersey, like what, like growing up, like there was just these old timey mansions. That were, like, <laughs> I about. always. On the gothic-looking mansions that went out of style, I spent a lot of time that neither needs to be here nor there in Y in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. But I always remember looking from Ocean Grove across at Asbury Park and that, like, old, dead seaside town and those old sort of gothic-style, like, 20s revival seaside mansions and everything that were falling into, like, shit, because that's the difference, literally, in a non-existent property line between Ocean Grove and Asbury Park, New Jersey. So I very much drew off of, like, I always used to look across there and think, God, that looks like the Adams Family House. So I totally get it. like. I get that in being in like dead seaside towns, dead sort of Victorian esque towns in New Jersey. It lends itself to it completely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, mean, I that's don't all... know what part of New Jersey you're from, sir. The, but as far as seaside gothic, revival, I know what he's going to say. He's going to say the part. style. Yeah, I think I've. Uh, I've seen it too. I've seen it. Well, see that—that's in that New York wannabe area of New Jersey. See, I'm—I'm I'm from the actual New Jersey portion of New Jersey, so you know. Um, you mean the parts everybody flies in and out of, aka like Newark, and no one cares? No, Newark's two hours away. <laughs> two hours away from me. And part of the, no. Either way, um, shitholes. Nobody goes to the inside of Jersey. Ugh. Um, terrifying. Unless I, unless they're going to Kevin Smith's fucking neck of the woods. Yeah, outside of that, it's basically like Little Appalachia, right? Wow. <laughs> well, good night, I don't everybody. Think that New Jersey. I'm just fucking with CJ. Uh-huh. That all aside, uh-huh. I understand the idea of like gothic revivals and seeing that in Jersey. No, for you sure. See a lot so, of yeah, that. no, you you actually really do in some some sections. There really is a lot of that. There's also a lot of postmodern, but there's a lot of of what you're talking about too. And if that's what Charles Adams based the house on, I always took it kind of based off like um, some of those old horror movies. You know, I mean, the Adams are you know um, horror based to some degree, more comedy than horror, but you still have all like the the dark side of things. You know, right. that they 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 gravitate to because to me it reminds me of um the original i've never seen the movie but i've seen the picture of the original bates house from the or the bates motel oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, like it, it looks a lot like that so i always kind of figured it was based on that i don't know what came out first but, but you know it's all like a cultural amalgamation of everything though sure. right like sure. because we can take this back to the the homes in the writings of Poe. We can take it back further than Enlightenment. We could take it back to actual Gothic, neo-Gothic. Like there is always this prevalent sort of tale that exists from the Balkans that's moved even with a lot of vampiric and mythology 
like as it moves west, it's kind of leaked its way uniquely into the American psyche. And so the Adams family to me is like this culmination of all just all encompassing horror done in a, a sort of comedy way. And I think they portray it very well. The old country not being defined, that kind of thing where it moves into the mythology of gothic horror, specifically at American mainstream. I think it's it's one of the reasons I will always love the Adams, but I think they did that well. Well, where do we where do we think this version of the Adams is like their home country is? Because it's not like they flew and they didn't take a boat. They just drove from where the old country is to fucking Jersey. So, um, no, because it made it sound like multiple years had passed between that scene and when they end up in New Jersey. So they very easily could have flown at one point and then purchased a vehicle to the point where they were driving in the movie. Sure, I, I would put it in. Eastern Europe somewhere, probably. The Austria, Czechoslovakia. Transylvania shit. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I, I would have guessed uh, if I was picking a, a, the old country, you know. So. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like Hungary or Romania or, right. or, or Turkey even. Uh, okay, let's talk about the cast because I actually have to admit the cast is pretty strong in terms of animated voices. I I'll take it a step further. Looking at the cast, and, and we'll definitely talk about it, Rico, so I'm not saying we won't talk about it, but I'll take it a step further. Based on a lot of, not all, because they're not all going to work, but especially, I would watch the, the I would watch Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron as a live action Morticia and Gomez at this point. I would Agreed. absolutely watch the fuck out of that, and I think they would be awesome at it. Because Agreed. I mean, you just have to dye Charlize's hair black. That's the main, you know, or put a wig on her or whatever. But that's, like, the only catch, really. And and Chloe Grace Moretz would kill, no pun intended, as, like, a late teenager, early 20-year-old Wednesday. Yeah, yeah I she couldn't. She couldn't play a little girl. No. But... Can I just say, I find her so incredibly attractive. It oh, is yeah. really stupid. She is one of those human beings that she's just like she made you feel bad as an adult finding her very attractive at 18 years old and still like even though she's much more adult than that like and that's that's the good thing right she's much more adult and looks younger she is one of those very attractive like because she doesn't look like everybody else but she's also very hot super into uh her playing that part she'd be great at it and she was she was probably one of the only good things of the carrie remake she was phenomenal in let me in as a young vampire teenage girl uh, yeah um she was fucking kick-ass as hit girl if you'll pardon the pun Um, oh yeah that was that wasn't intended funny as hell on 30 rock i never watched her on 30 rock yeah neither did i so uh, she played the daughter of a company that takes over GE opposite Alec Baldwin as a nemesis. And she mm. does an amazing job. If you never watch any other episodes, watch her performance as a child nemesis against Alec Baldwin. And she's fucking great. I feel like at this point, everybody's nemesis is Alec Baldwin. Like, 
Alec Baldwin is the only guy who I know who, like, no one has, like, said anything good about him. Like, even Shia LaBeouf is just like, yeah, he's a dick. Like, he's, he's a cunt. Like, if Shia, if Shia LaBeouf is just like, I fucking don't like him. It's just like, wow, you? No one fucking likes you, dude. Like, what happened? I mean, look at his wife. It's publicly, they're, like, having babies while also having surrogate babies to just, like, keep their Instagram business going. His wife. So, like, obviously, they're terrible people. But, well, that, I mean, he's Irish Catholic. Cho- exactly. <laughs> he's impregnates someone just by walking by them. Oh, Christ. <laughs> that would take me by surprise, Rico. That was very good. That was an excellent one. Um, but still, like the acting chops and that he played that role well. And we know he played that role well. As her, it's a pretty young kid. That's why I'm saying I absolutely agree. That would be a fantastic, like, if you did a live action, this version. Yeah. Uh, I even great. think Bette Midler. Bette Midler would kill as, as grand, Grandmama. Right. Although she'd oh be God. playing exactly the same type of character as she did in Hocus Pocus. You don't oh, yeah, have yeah. to sell me fucking, like, beaches twice. Okay. Like, I love Bette Midler. You don't have to convince me. Whatever she does, she's a queen and it's fine. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say, I think Snoop Dogg is Cousin It is some of the most out of left field, doesn't work for me castings I've ever heard. But it's not and, really him anyway. No. Like, if you don't hear his bad. voice at all. Like, guy, why, what was the point? Is like, I mean, you can tell it's him, like he spoke, but then they fucking like reverse it because it's just him speaking English and then they reverse the fucking, you know, the, the audio and then high pitch. I was like, well, wh- why did it have to be fucking Snoop? Just so they could play his fucking music every time Snoop, uh, exactly. cousin, cousin Snoop fucking, uh, for, you know, walks by. And it's just, it was so stupid. It was just I, so it, you're, you're um, harping on something that's really not even that important. He has one scene in the first one and like three scenes in the second. So, I mean, he has three scenes in the second and they're, and, they're all pretty bad. Although I think that's one of my biggest complaints about these two animated films on the whole. I thought the music, like the musical segments, the singing segments were fucking awful. I see thought, that, see, that's where you, you and I a hundred percent disagree. What the, what they did I with. No, Rico's right. We have a good judge of music. We love the classic. <laughs> no, 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 that's not, that's not, that's not fair. Around. No, 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 no. That's not fair. No, CJ is definitely I'm more of an asshole. But I, mean, I will, we know I'm being an asshole. Well, but I, we to clarify that. I I acknowledge that CJ is definitely the bigger musical nut than me. But when I'm watching like an animated fucking Adam's Family movie, I don't need to see Lurch fucking playing the piano and singing in a falsetto. And and you know, it, well, it, it just the, didn't the, work. The scene where Lurch is singing isn't really. Uh, I'm kind of with you there, Rico. But the the going back to the to the organ multiple or the harpsichord because they kind of flip back and forth and and playing different songs throughout, especially when they first get to the house and like thing is kind of walking him towards the Adams family theme. Like that works. I think all the scenes. I, I, I'm 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 
I didn't even mind this the one where he sings. What I hated is that we felt the need to have to do it again in the second one. That really, you know, I'm with you there. Like, there was no need to do it again in the second one. But, but he, I, I actually liked it. I liked tying that that lurch with the the harpsichord slash organ into this, and and it it wasn't so prominent that I felt like they. It it wasn't one of those things where like I I, th- I felt it was overdone. I felt it was pieced in nicely in the first one. You know, it, it, the first one is is definitely less obnoxious than the second movie. Oh, the for second sure. movie, uh, the 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 usage of music and Lurch singing "I Will Survive" yeah. in a Hell's Angels bar was fucking like Steph and I. Like I laughed a ton at the first movie. Steph and I so both I. thoroughly enjoyed the first movie, yeah. and then we were both stone faced. The entire time of the second movie. And at one point, we just looked at each other like, what the fuck did we just watch? Like, I tend to buy movies in preparation for us because I'm like, well, I can either rent it for $3.99 on Amazon Prime well, if it's free. not available anywhere else. This was free. This is one of those ones where I'm like, I'm so fucking grateful I didn't have to pay jack shit for this. I, I would buy the first one. I would probably buy the first one. I haven't yet because it's a little too pricey for what I think it's worth. But I, I would probably buy the first one if I can catch it on a sale. Yeah, my luck, it'd probably be the first two. It would be like the, them both in like a dual package. It'd I, be like even cheaper. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I, no, I, I, I would. That's the only way I would buy the second one is if like, this is, like you said, like a yeah. dual pack that's cheaper. I would buy it that way just to have the first one. But... You know, I'm not going to go out of my way to get the dual pack. No, but I, I dug the first one quite a bit. I liked getting the origin of Lurch. Even if he doesn't yep. actually have an origin in the original layout, I, I dug what they did there. Jess, you look like you've been wanting to say something. I apologize. Go ahead. No, I'm just thinking back to scoring because I want to address that. And that's, um, despite who made it, it's still in that vein of all, like, pixar modern movies in that we don't run our credits in the beginning anymore in animated movies, right? So I think the scoring issue could have massively been fixed if you'd have run credits at the beginning of each movie and done like an Alan Menken-esque scoring of what would be animated fun coming into the Adams family. Give us the song and the scoring, run the credits at the top. But also... Speaking of Alan Menken and his brilliance um, in so many things, and especially animated movies, and not least of all The Simpsons, I think that they did the scoring wrong. I think from beginning to end, um, what you're seeing is that gap in both movies is a scoring issue. And how it's scored, what the songs are, they're, they're supposed to be funny, right? This is a an animated comedy or they need to strike our songs should be taking us through the crescendo, essentially what is the crisis moment and to the conclusion, right? But the scoring doesn't do that in either movie. And whereas the first one is funny enough to carry itself without that scoring kind of cued moment, it does not carry in the second one. So, it's interesting to me that you both brought up the score because that was a huge problem for me. And again, I would have hired a Mencken. I would have hired somebody that knew what they were doing to score that movie. And that's I, it's one of its main problems. I don't think my issue is with the score because I felt like the music felt like Adam's 
family music for the I most agree. part. Yeah, I feel like the soundtrack, and I, you know what? I admit it. I'm I'm just that. I'm the youngest one here, but I'm that old guy who's like, I don't like it when they put this fucking modern day hipster bullshit music in here. Like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like this new teen pop bullshit. Like, you know, every time I see a kids movie, whether it's Tom and Jerry or Adam's Family or whatever the fuck else, you know, Minions and shit, it's just like Jesus Christ, am I so out of it that I don't know who the fuck? Like, is it no, all right? Is this Pharrell? Not. Because that was the next thing I was going to add on to is that on that score continuation, it's those moments of like that minions humor. That's like, it's great for little kids, right? It's that insanity fucking just out of my mind laughter at random sounds and toots and whatever. And it kind of exists in a lot of movies now. Um, where it, it wasn't so much Disney was as much for adults, but also it's the same kind of thing as I find in the Minions movies with these two movies. It like goes from little kid humor to weirdly boomer humor. And I'm like, that's not who has kids today. Right. right. Like it, it has that, it has that weird transition because like you, I'm a, I was born a 60 year old man. I get a lot of these jokes, but like, <laughs> right? It's a lot yeah. of boomer humor that I go, well, I don't necessarily think those kids are going to get that reference to I, well, I, Dean I, I, Martin I, I, and Paul Lynn Variety Hour. Those kind of shits. Like, I think it's, it's grandparents taking kids to movies. It is like the weird theme of both of these, I would say. I, I First off, I just want to say, and it's, I'm sorry, Jess, if this is a little weird, but you are the most attractive 60-year-old man I've ever met. So I just want to put that out there. Um, oh, it's not weird. I'm super hot, bitch. Like, I've got <laughs> doctors, okay? Um, I discovered I fucking white... And this face. Okay. I, 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 I was I was sitting in the car with Steph today and I looked in the river mirror and I'm like, oh my god, I think there's white in my soul patch. And she's like, there's white in your soul, period. Like you have white hair oh in your soul. Oh my god, look at the my, my I'm so gray. Y'all can see that right there. I look like fucking rogue from X Men. Do you know how like how far I have to part my hair to hide that now? Well, we knew you sucked the soul out of everybody nearby you, Jack. <laughs> it comes with the territory it's just on brand for me yeah That's really what it I, is. I, I, I can feel a shiver in my spine every time you raise an eyebrow like calm yourself <laughs> yeah right like it's it, in a way it's just it's very on brand for me i should embrace it you're right like i'm fighting my branding it's basically cruella Deville light <laughs> <laughs> Which means you would fit in with this family very nicely, actually. I was going to say, um, you're like Tuesday Adams or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I am basically Tuesday Adams. Okay? You know, you are see you next Tuesday, uh, Adams. That's what you are. Yeah. See you next Tuesday, Adams. Um, oh, my God. Everything in me, despite having so many, like, history people that follow me now, I want that to be my Twitter name so bad. It's <laughs> stupid. See you next, next Tuesday, Adam. You could always oh set up a second God. account, Jess. You could always do that. You could keep the body count one and set up a second account, you know? 
Yeah, have your own. Yeah. I could thoroughly troll everyone I hate just to the utmost. So anybody that's a follower of your podcast will always see that and know. The first person I'm going to troll is Maddie, though. (laughs) <laughs> that that that's appropriate that's an accurate way to go oh yeah. he, he's he's in the mood for a good ass kicking he just turned 50 so yeah 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 i know i've seen all the sad boy fucking puzz all over <laughs> like, I, I, like who, shut up <laughs> <the> bitch <laughs> <laughs> um okay I have to I have to point this out as like a little trivia fact that I thought was awesome because otherwise I'll fucking forget it. Sure. I found out that Oscar Isaac and Raul Julia were born on the same day. Obviously years apart, but they had the same birthday. Nice. Everything about that is everything I need. Now right. I'm good. Because not- obviously like every straight woman in America, I have the horn for <laughs> Mr. Isaac Obby. Like so, and I have the horn for uh, Raul, Raul Julia. Just so we know, now this is going to be terminology on your podcast. When I'm horny for a man, I just have the horn about it. Good to know. So we're going to put it from well, from there on. We well, just that, have the horn. But oh, that well, is just even more amazing to me. You well, made that, me love that choice even more, Rico. That works. Jess Jess has the horn, and Mark says that you can get it. So between that, you get the horn, and everybody's happy. Um, so look, we, we we know Jess has at least two fucking horns. Okay, <laughs> like at least, yeah. And um, Mark I, fucking I, does it. That's literally the joke I was gonna make about him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, I would I would argue. You know, it's funny you brought up that trivia piece, though, Rico, because I would say that. Oscar was doing his best, um, I would say almost a, I was going to say impression, but I would say it's probably more of an homage to Raul Julia. I feel like he definitely was trying to channel Raul in this performance because it, it, it felt very Raul Julia. Like it didn't feel, it felt like what I feel like Gomez should be. And I think that's because of all my exposure to the, to Raul's performance from the, the live action. <laughs> It's definitely a combination of Raul Julia and uh, John Aston. It's, yeah, it's, I would it's, argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely you would argue. No, I, I I would agree is what I meant to say. Okay, I know you would argue. I'm just surprised when you do agree. <laughs> it's the over the top, um, unspecified both Balkans, Spanish, and sort of Slavic. Yeah, in that you never know where the old country is, right? So it combines all these places that historically have a really haunted, spooky, interesting history with witchcraft and with the occult, right? And it's right. combined, and he—that's where he pulls. You're exactly right. He pulls from those two actors and makes it a single performance, and in that way. Like everything pulled together in that old country aesthetic, it's really good. Which is why I have a sneaking suspicion that Luis Guzman is going to probably do something similar. Is what I because if he just plays it like Luis Guzman, then I would acknowledge like that's probably not going to work. If he plays him exactly how he plays every other character, like in Boogie Nights or in like you know fucking is it like in Anger Management or whatever the fuck, he's just kind of like. 
effeminate type of Puerto Rican. I that's that, not who goes to Mass. Have you ever seen is. him play himself in Community? No. The Dan Harmon vehicle. Okay. No. Well, he's really funny playing himself in that, and I think I, it's going to be closer to Gomez. I think Luis Guzman is funny. I just am not sure what route he's going to take. It doesn't have any of the effeminate like nature to playing himself in that role, despite playing himself in a comedic way. It like it doesn't play, have any plays, of that. It's just like a get the fuck over yourself. It's like a very Gomez. That's where I'm drawing on again because you guys know I love TV even more than movies. Like, in terms of his showing up as himself in that Harmon vehicle, it's pretty similar to the way I think there are going to be a lot of vibes in the way that he brings it to life. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah. it's kind of a letdown that, like, Wednesday isn't out yet because I would have liked to have, like, included that in today's discussion. But I, I still want to see it. But back to the cast of this flick. Uh, Charlize, I agree. She she's tall. She's the voice is deadpan. She's drop dead gorgeous. Pun intended. She uh, she might actually be as thin as the animated version too. Like she might be that true. thin. Like she is true. very thin. <laughs> so in uh, Wolfhard, I get why they cast him for I, Pugsley because I, of Stranger Things and it and all that. I actually liked his performance better than the guy who takes over in the second one. I agree. A large margin. Yeah. Clearly, Pugsley, like, tacked on Pubert. Because he just fucking, like, that's the only reason Finn got puberty. And his voice dropped. Yeah. like That's why they didn't bring him back for the second one. So The irony is that we just fucking saw a movie where clearly he hit puberty in Ghostbusters. I was just like, okay, I get it. Um. I think uh, I'll, I, I'll watch uh, Allison Janney in fucking anything. And to prove that, I did watch like the fifth part of the fifth season, The West Wing, and that sucked. Um, but I, I think I, Allison the other day, in this like On the subject of Allison Janney, I showed someone the 1999 vehicle, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which yep. is one of my favorite fucking mockumentaries. And so for a week, it's so weird because it was, I knew I was going to have to talk about Alice and Janie. I have been walking around all week going, she had a big ass then, she's got a big ass now. Like from the, if you guys have not, just on a side quest, go see the 1999 version of Drop Dead Gorgeous and Alice and Janie is so fucking funny. I've seen it. It's best in show, but with like women. Women in a beauty pageant in the Midwest. We yep. Lutherans use uh, great Kool-Aid as the blood of Christ. <laughs> like, it's one of those deals well, and, uh, that you I, will, he will laugh. And it's ironically, funny. in the second one, there was a Midwestern beauty pageant, if you recall, in Texas that they they enter Wednesday in. So uh, I thought, And I thought that was a whole... F- it just I felt- thought that was a whole fuck. Like, no. No, I agree. I agree. It was it was bad. Wednesday yes. would have fucking walked away. Like nobody would have been able to fucking get her in the dress in the first place. She would have killed everybody. She would have killed everybody. I mean, like I love the little Carrie reference that she did, when she dropped all the red paint on all the girls. 
which is obviously a reference to the fact that Chloe Grace Perez played Carrie. Um, but I thought I thought the Wednesday in the first movie was just better. Yeah. And more and, and somehow more powerful. Like she got less powerful in the second film, like able to fucking like like bring uh, frogs back to life and do the goddamn uh, I, <laughs> scream. I, I do- I do well, want that I'd wait. first film was about oh, hold like, on. we're all suburban monsters, right? right? That was the idea of the first film. We're all suburban monsters. So that Wednesday had a purpose within that tale. But now we've come to the secondary. It's where we blow everything out of the water now on sequels, where there's as if story structure never existed in literature and human like existence for all of fucking time. It's like we've totally approached it's almost an eighties rerun as where where the sequel is now a blowout here. Right? It it lacks story, it lacks heart, it lacks anything. It was a joyless cash grab. I, it I, really I, was. I was I would argue, though, and or not argue, but I would state for the audience that I think we are all in agreement that it's not Chloe's performance that makes Wednesday less powerful. No. It's the it's the script and no. the story that makes it less powerful. No, um, she did she everything she possibly could. About that. Yeah, she brought everything she possibly could. It's very apparent. Um, her performance is always powerful, even if you don't like the movie. And there are many she's in. I don't fucking give a shit about she is great in it. And so I would say the voice performance is like solid. It's just, what are you going to do about the character? The character was written incorrectly and not true to character. Yeah. And the certainly whole, not true to the first film. I'll even add this. The concept of the second film, where it's essentially the Adams family vacation, which Surprise! I'm surprised that wasn't the fucking title. To be perfectly honest, um, it fits because back in like what the mid '70s, late '70s, or whatever, they there was an Adams Family cartoon yeah. where it was them in a goddamn Adams fucking RV, exactly how you see, and them like touring America and like going camping, and it was it was like it I was, remember watching reruns of like on like Boomerang. It was very- like no, I do too. It was very like a macabre version of National Lampoons, and it was funny. It was funny in its iteration, yeah. and because again, this was a joyless crap, like cash grab. We didn't, we didn't let our characters grow in the meantime. We didn't let our characters reset. We didn't draw off the material that existed and make it very like the Adams do lampoons in an animated series kind of sense would have been hilarious. It was not well thought out. It was not well scripted. It was a joyless cash grab sequel, if I've ever seen one. All right, let's talk about the Fester in the room. What did you guys think of Nick Kroll as Fester? Um, Because this is far away from Christopher Lloyd, which is one of my kind of complaints. I... I, I, from what I know of the history of the family, and you guys obviously know it better based on the conversation we had, you know, in the first round of this, I felt like this character was closer to what Fester's supposed to be as opposed to what Christopher Lloyd did. 
Um, I I I don't know if the voice fit the character that we got, but I didn't hate it. You know, so I'm I'm on the fence because I agree it is closer to the the '60s show as well as what like the appearance of the animated of the animations would look like. I think Nick Kroll almost got it. I think his weird kind of lisp that he kept throwing in there, like there was talking kind of shine of his voice. It was like, really? He almost had me. It was the weird speech impediment that like didn't do it for me, but visually he looked great. Sound wise. He was pretty top notch because I always, he, he's supposed to have kind of a high pitched giddy voice, but then they fucking did whatever the fuck they did to him in the second movie and turned him into a giant. I mean, like it, it just got weird and not in a good Adams family way. Like I felt like I was watching a bad Godzilla ripoff where it was just monster versus monster. It was like, he's a giant fucking octopus. He's a festerpus. And it was just so fucking weird. And Steph and I looked at each other. We're like, this is fucking awful. That being said, if you're a little kid and you're listening to this, don't, and if you like uh, Adam's Family too, because it's a kids movie, and you're like, I loved it. It was the second one. I loved it. Woo woo. I'm like, all right, cool. You fucking enjoy that shit. You watch the Minions. You watch this shit. Enjoy your fucking happiness, and then grow the fuck up. God damn it. Exactly. That was awful. Second, first movie. I get it. I would. I would have. Lo- I would have loved the first movie as a kid. But I think even if I was like eight years old watching Adam's Family two, I would have been like, this is stupid. This sucks. This is so bad. The problem with attaching Nick Kroll to a project is people expect certain shit out of Nick Kroll, right? Mm-hmm. So he already has to pitch his voice in a weird way. But no matter what you do, you listen to it and you go, that's Nick Kroll originally of like the league fame or if you liked the Nick Kroll show, which I like some of the sketches from it, or you watch Big Mouth, or if you're a huge Shadows fan like me, you see him in that. The problem with attaching Nick Kroll to any project is he's universally Nick Kroll, right? (laughs) He's his own like fucking brand. So you're already expecting that, right? So like, in a way, again, this is why I think it's a joyless like cash grab is they attach him to this project and they really leaned into it on the second one is he's just Nick Kroll instead of Fester. And so it wouldn't have been a choice I would have made to lean into this is a movie, not the Nick Kroll project. Not that he chose that. And I'm not saying that he wanted that, chose that, anything. That's just what happens when you pick a person like that to do that kind of well he might have more creative development and input than we initially thought because he is apparently trying to pitch a third movie where like they go to the moon or an all or like they go to space or deal right right. like over the top and over like again not somebody i would have attached to this kind of project i would have put um ironically enough i would have put bill Hader as fester I would have too. That would but have been a good choice. The entire time I was watching the second film and I was hearing Bill Hader's voice 
as the bad guy. I was like, I know, I know this fucking voice. I should be able to instantly recognize it. I know, I know, I know it, and it's pissing me off that I can't figure out who it is. You know I, it from them South Park like days. South, well, no, South Park. I, I've I've watched a lot of Bill Hader of him doing his impressions and him talking. I find him a yeah. I find him an underrated comedian and writer. Um, I Barry's one of the most brilliant things I've ever fucking seen on television. Agree. He he is absolutely astonishing. One of the most. He's so fucking. He astounds me. And he. That's a different episode. But god damn, Bill. And and he he was one of the best fucking things of it. Chapter two. It was brilliant casting for him to be thrown up. God. Right. For him to own a version of Finn, of Finn Wolfhard's character, pretty funny actually. That we tied it back to them again. Great. I mean, Bill Hader's right. one of those guys where I'm like, if they were making a real thing, right? But if 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 they if they were going to make another Ghostbusters movie based on like Afterlife, he would fit in that world. Like, I know they're going to make another movie, but like, yeah. just like Paul Rudd, like Bill Hader's one of those guys. I'm like, he totally would nail it. He would totally fit in this world. Um, so, but Bill Hader as the bad guy, I was just like, I can't fucking place it, even though I know the voice. And then once, like, I saw the credits, I'm like, oh, of course it's Bill Hader. And oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Bill Hader, for subjecting yourself to this fucking movie. That's just sad. That sucks. Um, also. He so much money, though, and he ain't sad about it. I don't know, man. Apparently, uh, a box office, uh, basically a paycheck at this point doesn't mean jack shit anymore in terms of like hey hey good for you for making your fucking piece of shit movie uh thanks for making halloween ends fuck you for making halloween ends that was awful you can outlive it i guess people forget i mean that's sort of the culture of what pervades these two movies right it's like people forgot the Adams family, even though there was a live action not that long ago. They're they're working off the the factor of people forget. People don't know this was a comic strip. People don't know this was they're playing off of that and why they can recreate this brand so much. So you say that, but that's exactly the impetus of why it continues and continued in this iteration, right? I, I think people the ability forget. to I think the ability to hate something with such a passion is what keeps things alive. Like, I'm always hearing references to fucking, like, Ishtar and Cutthroat Island and shit like that. I'm always hearing, oh, you you know, this is about as bad as, you know, some fucking blah, blah, blah movie, you know? Like, I'm always hearing that reference. I think the hate keeps that shit relevant. But look at Don't Worry Darling. If that had just been the movie didn't matter and was a performance art piece it would have been amazing but like how many i haven't seen it but i I know money exactly but nobody would have gone and seen it that's not the point right it's like because so much controversy or it's shitty or like you have to when you take a giant movie shit you have to promote it as one like it is what it is so it's interesting Right? Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta make it a performance piece. And so that's how I feel about the sequel to this movie. It is the don't worry, like, don't worry, darling, performance piece of we need a bunch of bullshit around it. And oh, look, Nick Kroll 
is basically <laughs> this weird character. You know, I mean, that's yeah. the hype. That's why I say joyless cash grab. I'm seriously putting out for the subtitle of this episode is joyless cash grab. Like that's, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, it should be. Uh, so it it yeah. I I was just looking at his IMDb. I've not seen anything he's ever been in before this, besides the one-off episodes of like The Family Guy or Simpsons or whatever that he's been in. But I've <laughs> literally not seen anything he's been in prior to this. So I don't know. Hey, curl. Yeah. I I don't. I don't have anything to really kind of base this on what for me. What do you so. watch? Oh, okay, this is a different discussion for a different day, and we're not going to drag it into the Adams family. What do you watch, sir? So you know, earlier you guys talked about um, Chloe Grace Moretz being able to do every anything, and I forgot I wanted to to mention because I saw this like yesterday, but apparently people are. Um, advocating for and just as ties into what you were joking about earlier with the gray in your hair but they're they're advocating for her to play rogue in the mcu and i actually think it would work you know i would love it she's the only person with the attitude that could like really bring it i think she'd be great i don't think there's anything that that she can't play let me put it that way yeah i agree um, I've also heard other rumors that... Oh, there's always the, rumors, you know. But they're, the actress who was in Nope, she really wants to play Rogue, and, like, fans are kind of championing that as well. So, I don't... I don't... I don't mind. I think Chloe Grace Moretz, just like Florence Pugh, are the... is They represent that newer generation of actors and actresses that I'm just like, I'm, I'm with it. Like, they're fucking awesome. Um, Chloe Grace, though, I feel like she's gonna be pigeonholed into these dark, macabre, Wednesday-esque type characters. Well, I mean, that happened to Christina, too, you know. It, yeah, it did. It really, really did. Uh, but I think Christina also is totally fine with, like... Oh, no, she embraced the fuck out of it, but I'm just saying it right. still happened. But, deep. You... Alright. So... Getting back to the story itself, though, um, especially the first one, because I, I wanted to touch on this a little bit. I I found a lot of parallels between the first live action and the first animated. Like they're not; it's not the same story. It's not identical, which would be a bad idea. So I'm glad that they're their own thing. But there are right. a, a lot of parallels between the two. Like I feel like. You know, like Pugsley trying to learn how to do this like sword dance is very similar to the Mamushka scene from from the live action. Now that was more of just like a celebratory dance. It wasn't some kind of a thing that everyone was. They weren't coming in for the Mamushka, if I recall. They were they just coming in. They tried to turn like a very Polish Mamushka into like this weird thing that equates with sort of a but or a bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, like, but but sort of aesthetic. But I thought it worked. Like I thought it, I thought it played well. I thought it, it, it gave it, it, it to a degree drove the story a little bit. Like it, the, the bulk of the story was about them dealing with this, like you know, uh, HGTV, you know, woman basically uh, trying to to you know Kanye her own town. Um, you know, you mean a Karen, a Karen time trying to Kanye. Well, just, I guess, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but yeah. apparently Kanye wants his own t 
town now called Yiko, the Yiko system. So that's like a thing. Oh, um, I've heard. Yeah. Girl, so, you know my stories is the Kardashians every week. <laughs> so in any event, um, with that, you know, he, she, that's your main story. But I, I, I like these parallels. You know, you get Fester coming in early to try to help. Grandmama shows up a little bit early. You know, that kind of thing. I hated Great Anne Sloom or whatever that her name was. I thought that was really unnecessary. Like, that was just stupid. Agreed. Um, it felt like they made a character that didn't do anything, really. Except bitch and complain and, like, judge everybody, you know, within the family. Like Right. Which, the well, whole point of the Adams is that they don't do that. A middle... It was the, it was lending to the middle of the country aesthetic, and they wanted an Adams version. I mean, you can't say this is probably not a massive box office hit. Period. But that's that's sort of the the point, and why I say like it's interesting, CJ, that you say that it mirrors the first one because it very much does. It's like a story of the monsters in suburbia. And then goes to what happens if we unleash the monsters in suburbia on the world. And it's the same, it's the same ideology. I just don't think anybody's ever done it correctly yet. And, um, I think they hit the, the first and so in rhyming kind of, they hit that first movie aesthetic, but, um, Contrary to like values, I think they miss by a far length in in creation and bringing it to life in the second movie. In this case, well, yeah, I think they missed them both sequels, but that's you know. Well, they definitely do, but they missed a hell of a lot harder. But I bet you they didn't lose any fucking money, and oh, that's they- what annoys. That's what annoys me about it, because I promise you, like, this really should be, I would prefer it be titled See You Next Tuesday, Adams, but that's just me, because I think that's brilliant, and I'm definitely going to have that Twitter alter ego from now on, but it's that same, like, joyless, joyless cash grab, but I promise you they weren't hurt by the lack of quality. And that's that's I, the bitch about animated movies, isn't it? I, I disagree because based on my... Because I didn't look up the budget or the box office. I never do. I really try to, like, guess it. But I, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Adam's Family 2 uh, was considered a flop based on when it came out because... It was in the middle of fucking COVID. And if it made any money, it may have been like through like VOD and shit. Because I remember when that movie was like tentatively being released and it may have been released briefly in theaters. And then within like a month, it was or two, it was released on DVD when I was working at the video room. And it was still like real heavy. That's why I think it'll have done well is because it's real heavy, like heavy pandemic. We were so hungry for any content. Not for that. Especially. No, you are. You were if you were a parent. And I think I can speak uniquely in this place. 
kids because I have a nine-year-old now. My kid was seven and eight during the pandemic. Let me tell you, sir, we were hungry for any kid content. And I remember that's the first time I saw, like, just whatever to be new kid content. I bet you it did just as well. And that's why it was produced. It was a height of a pandemic. Turn it out. Last minute fucking box office. You rab. Well, we'll find out. Should we, CJ, is there anything else you want to discuss or should we? No, I think that's a nice transition into what's in the box office, honestly. So uh, I think we can get ready to play this game. Uh, For our audience, uh, don't adjust your dial. dial. It is actually this short of an episode, but we just, we did a bunch of Adams talking the first splitting the Adams. So we didn't really have a whole lot to do extrapolate on that we didn't already kind of cover in that regard so um that's a really nice way to put that i'm old and i have a kid and i really appreciate it because i'm trying so hard to be my hot self right but like i'm full milk at this point in life so you just have to embrace it so thank you cj for putting Uh, it that way jessica's gotta go be a fucking mom yo no i i was really talking about the fact that we really had nothing else to say but if you want to go that way with it then you know you you do you like oh obviously i want to go that way that's why i brought it up and i just want to tell all your viewers that again so that they think of me that way i have to do better than the way you guys advertise me okay (laughs) Fair enough. All right. I'm um, you asshole. Actually, let's the, do it. The, the one. The, I'm the, so good at this fucking game. The one. The one thing I will bring up very briefly, Rico, that I like they did in the first one. So it'll take like ten seconds. But when they were doing the MGM logo, they actually had to, they actually had the line get animated and jump through. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I also I really really did enjoy the end credits where they recreated the intro for yes. the sixty seven on both of them. On both of them, they did it too. So yeah, yeah, more more prominently on the first movie, but yeah, I mean, the, the even they even nailed like John Aston's fucking death stare in yeah. the opening. Like it's exactly. like exactly. I was like, all I right. remember watching it with like I was so happy with the first one. I remember it. I remember it. Okay, I'm of the opinion that the when. If it's the same filmmakers, they were clearly fans of the show and the movies and even the cart and even the the uh, illustrations. The di- They're clearly fans. The director is the they one all inspiration. The one director is the same. It, it's if I'm right. It's um. Oh no, they're both. According to this, it's the same for both. But that wasn't on the credits when I watched it, so that's interesting. But anyway, well, the um, second one had two directors. I saw it was like directed and then directed. I was like, oh, that's oh, so they must have done. I must have stopped paying attention then because on the first one they listed them both at the same time. So that's what I'm okay. All right, so uh, first one, um, budget. I'm gonna guess twenty million. Jess, fuck. Um... Fuck that is that's probably the box office. Let's be honest. I'm gonna go 25. Okay, you both got it because it's 24. So oh shit, yeah. Um, you're both within. You're both within. Okay, box office. Let's let ladies go first this time. Jess, box office on the first Adams Family animated. Oh shit. 
I don't know if I want to go 190 or 200. Go 190 million. Rico? I'll go 200 just to say that both of her guesses are there. All right. Uh, I can't play any more because Rico's got it. And Jess, you should have said 200 because it's 203.7. So. Fuck me. I knew I should have said it. Now. I knew I should have gone with two. For the second one, I'm just warning you guys now, I don't have a budget. And I have researched and I cannot find a budget anywhere for the second one. So I have no way to know how much it would have cost. I'm willing, uh, based on the movie that we got, I'm going to say it's probably 20 million. It's probably around the same. Yeah, I would think. But I I have no way to confirm that at all. So. Uh, uh, Yeah, it's. I'm going to say the budget's probably less because it's time of COVID, right? No, you still got to pay for the animation and the actors and all that. So that the no, budget. No, motherfucker. I'm telling you, it's probably less. Well, the, we, the budget? I've done an no. extensive study of COVID production box. It's probably less than the no. OG production. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll say it's be it's fifteen to twenty million. Just I'm for... gonna say yeah, like I'm gonna say twenty one. Well, we we don't. I will say twenty one million dollars. We That's... won't know. No, we'll it's... eventually know. But I promise you, I bet it's less than the first production. They already had the characters. They already had that. They only had to change one character. They already had well, it. No, no, What do you draw, mean? They, like, I'm what? telling you, cash grab. Wait, wait, wait. You said they only had to change one character. They changed at least two because they changed Wednesday's hair and they changed Fester. So that's oh, two right there. Th- but that that's not like think in terms of what you're talking about in 3D animation. That's not a huge change. It's still money. Bill Hader's not cheap. I yeah. mean, they could have gotten Wallace Shawn for like you know maybe. He is during 20... COVID. Everybody is during. But COVID. a lot of a lot of I mean, look, I don't want to say I know what I'm talking about when it comes to animation, but like it's different because you can still make an animated movie more successfully than a live action movie because you can all you you can do shit on the computer, you can do voice work, you know, at home. You know, it's not like you have actors. Oh, definitely. And just so you both know, because I'm an historian and research happens to be the thing I do. And oh, yeah, because I am my actual fucking day job as a consultant financier, I'm going to find the budget and box of this fucking movie because I think I'm right. Well, I we really have right. CJ. You do have the box office. I, I, I had the box. I don't have the budget, so we can't. Okay. We can't. We have. We're, we're guessing budget. We're never. We're not going to know. So, Jess, what's, well, what's what's the box? Twenty-two million. No, the box office, not the budget. The box office. Oh, the box office. Saying twenty million <laughs> wouldn't have made more money. <laughs> is is that really your guess? Twenty million. Because you were That's you were fucking guess. No, because you were saying dollars. that it made money. You were saying it fucking made money. <coughs> it made you you went from like listen, you motherfuckers. The... It went from it but made all the money to twenty million. Comparably from the budget, if the budget is less, you get all the actors back plus merchandise. Fucking net 
streaming but sales. None that's of that, not none all of that, included n- in box office. No, $200 no, million no. Dollars in the box office and it grossed, okay. I promise you, 200 grand more on the fucking, or 200 million on the back end more than the first. But that's not the game we're playing, is it? No. I say 200 million in the fucking box office. I'm gonna fucking go way lower. I'm gonna say... 94 million. Okay, Rico higher, Jess lower. 120 million. 172. Rico hit it 100% on the nose. 120 million. Yeah, so that, that, it's not a bomb, but it's not a win either. No, considering it lost 80 million from the last one. So, yeah. Yeah. Lost 80 million, or mil, but I promise the budget's less. I'm not saying it's significant, but I promise. Even if the budget is less, less, I I would be very much surprised they're going to make another movie. Man, think about that gross on a sequel, though. How many gross on sequels do you get? That's a pretty good box office turnip. Let's say you spent the same. You spent the same amount of money. Think about that return. Why wouldn't they do a third per a less return, right? But they're still going to have a return. Think of it in terms of fucking money, man. And they are making uh, money. I'll tell you what's most likely going to happen is they're going to make it into a fucking TV show and they're going to compete with Wednesday. That's what they're going to make a cartoon just like how we got in the fucking 70s and 80s. If they make it a la Beetlejuice cartoon, I'm good with that. No, they they're they're not. They're gonna it'll it'll be like the movie. They'll build, but it won't be Chloe Grace. It won't be Charlize. It won't be Oscar Isaac. It'll be sound alikes. It'll be it'll be impressionist. Yeah, it'll but be- it won't be like great voice actors either. Because think about if you pull a Tress McNeil type and on a Morticia, how great that might be, right? Like. They won't pull from voice actors. I think you're exactly right. They're not going to pull from great voice actors fucking either. It's going to be sound alike. It's it's going to be... I mean, look, that being said, there was a live-action Saban-produced Adam's Family show that was, like, in the mid to late 90s. And the, the music was mm. terrible, but... The look and feel was like a 90s version of the 60s show. And I remember watching it being like... It was like... I thought it was a 90s version of Dark Shadows. Like the actual show, if that makes sense. Well, except for the fucking... The the music they had was like Calypso-themed. It was was not... it did not. Oh my god! It had this weird calypso, like "Welcome to that. the Adams Family." Like, what the fuck? What did I watch? It's in one of my kids' like endless, you know, those kid things that they subscribe to, like Boomerang, and it shows up in all those old shows. It might be like a TV Land add-on, but that so, shows up, and my kid fucking loves that weird. I know it. Exactly what you're talking about, man. It's such a weird so, what, what iteration. Do? So some research is showing me that Adam's Family 2 specifically only made $2.2 million in sales after in, in DVD and Blu-ray. That's it. That ain't doing bad. 
Uh, are you doing good? 2.2. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2.2 million. Yeah. But consider the time. Consider well, the time. Yeah, but COVID is less and people can, people have plenty of opportunities to buy it now and they're still not going to. I mean, I, like, I'm not going to lie though. I didn't view that any different between, and I know there were some really great, like, kids movies that come out during the pandemic, right? And we're supposed to all be really into, and God knows I watched plenty of Bluey or what the fuck ever, which <laughs> I just worse goddamn thing for a children's show, because I call it Blowy, of course. But it just came out in that, like, carousel of, I just assume everybody bought it because it came out in that carousel of Bye. fuck anything that's a goddamn kids movie. I'm gonna buy because this bitch has watched all the fucking media that I own. That Bye. was like pandemic. You know, like as a crazy mom, if I'm being honest, I'm not a Karen. Guys, as you know, I drink. And I work and I'm tired. So like the, uh, during homeschooling, all that period, just anything we could buy, we fucking press that purchase button. And Bye. I remember it being on, but I never actually watched it. Like I did the first, you know, if that makes sense. By but I just assumed everybody just pressed purchase during a pandemic. By comparison, the first one sold eleven million dollars worth of DVD and Blu-ray sales. So, sub substantial so, difference. So, I think what we're saying is that not everybody is a fucking kid like you, Jess. Or trying to entertain one. Apparently, as hard as I. Apparently, the rest of America. Is such a fucking Karen, and I'm judging you all right now based on those sales <laughs> that they were like, "Oh my god, no! I'm gonna have Tiffany Ann do a fucking like <clears throat> learning academy app." Wait, 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 like, wait, yeah, wait. you want to fucking buy the Adams family but, and leave me the fuck alone? After but wait, Jess, all day? you got it, little girl. Jess, you agree that the Adams family too sucks. But yet you're still being like, no, people who didn't buy this fucking piece of shit movie, you guys are the problem. I don't know what your fucking angle is. You're like saying, <laughs> hey, the no, reason why the Black Death works is because everybody sucks. Like, you you well, can't have, you can't win both arguments. You're all a bunch of nasty motherfuckers. How is that my fault? I wouldn't have gotten it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying <laughs> interesting. I agree that it's a shittier movie i just am surprised that it didn't do better hear me out that it didn't do better this in fiscal terms because of the time that it came out because i assumed like me all parents are just like holy shit i have homeschooled my kid for two fucking years for eight hours a day Bitch, if you want to watch the fucking Adams Family too, I no longer give a shit. Press purchase. Leave me alone. I'm done for the day. So oh. I, I just really thought it would have better sales based on that. But um, 
I guess everybody else's kid is not such a mass consumer of media as mine has always been from birth. But, you know, we've always had that Simpsons fucking like, don't you say that about TV, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that same sort of Homer approach to television and movies. Speaking we of, watch shit in this album. Speaking of consuming uh, stuff, Jess, tell people where they can find you and hear you and see you and, and besides joining us here on Potescue. Besides joining us here on Potescue, of course, everybody can find me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to start getting my Insta grid up sooner or later. But the most common place you can follow me is at Jessica B. Manor on Twitter. That's where all my movies and my series hot takes, um, limited though they may be, are going to occur and they don't happen often but if it is a hot take it's a hot take and then of course i am the host of at body count pod on twitter as well and you can listen to our back catalog and we've got a not uh, uh so many new things coming at you very soon it's it's uh overwhelming me but as always I am very thankful that you guys let me back on this podcast because God knows I certainly don't deserve the fucking airtime. But you keep having me back on and seem to like me as a person, which I don't know what that says about you guys. But here we are doing the same old shit, different day, many a year later. And it's (laughs) always such an amazing experience. So thank you for having me. No, we love having you, Jess. We do. It's 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 a it's it's an adventure and a challenge and fun all wrapped up in <laughs> one. So it it makes it 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 we we never know what we're gonna get, and that's always a fun thing, though. I mean that as positively as I can possibly say it, but we we never know what we're gonna get, and it's interesting to. to... Um, you know, you're always gonna get a hot mess of some kind. You just <clears throat> don't know if you're gonna get a hot academic mess or a hot mess, a la Jersey Shore all together it's always a real surprise exactly i like to i like to mix it up that way you know i like to keep everybody guessing rico no comment (laughs) i've been watching him judge the fuck out of me for like three minutes through this whole thing and i can't tell you guys how great it is it's like getting a dean martin fucking scotch stare right here and I'm trying to pull myself up at the podium a la Don Rickles. That's the stare I'm getting, like, totally unimpressed. Here, look. Here's my impression of my reaction to everything you just said. Mm. <laughs> if you guys can see it, the noise I made is the exact face he's making. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, I feel like... I'd like to twist my own neck and go. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Potaskew Podcast, on Facebook.
If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potescue. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. Yes.